Smash, Cash, Frog, Splash, WrestleMania, Backlash. There we go. <laughs> Call that an A-A-B-A here for you folks. That's it. You're listening to Street Brothers Wrestling Podcast. This is a wrestling podcast. Of course, it's hosted by myself, Cameron Osborne. It's also hosted by Mike the Shoot Shepherd. Boom. And this is the only wrestling podcast that you can find online, which is hosted by the two of us. So this has to be where you uh, get your get get your information for the week. Because, folks, we have a huge week coming up. Not only do we have our normal ins and outs, of course, we have a pay-per-view to cover. Of course, we have more release-inings yeah, happening little... every day before <laughs> our eyes. The company that keeps getting bigger keeps making itself smaller. I love it. I love this, by the way. Uh, I love it when a huge organization trims a couple bucks. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's great to see, you know, you'll have huge Loblaws adding a couple self-checkouts. Yeah. Just because I will trim a couple bucks here. That's okay. It's good for our bottom line, but we'll get to a little more information about that later. Um, maybe, uh, yeah, probably somewhere in maybe the second half of the show. Uh, how's that sound? Sounds good. We got lots of lots of news to talk about. Maybe oh. even some new shows to talk about as well. Oh in the my half. god, I cannot wait, Mike. This podcast is even getting bigger. See what I, one thing I love about you know the wrestling world getting bigger is that in turn the podcast gets bigger also, right? The more re- the more professional wrestling there is, the more podcast material that you and I have, and we're just gonna keep going because this is episode one thirty one. We're going into the stratosphere. On this one, baby. So before we get into our week, I guess, or, you know, we're, we're going to get to the paper. We're going to get to the rest of the action. But we're going to give you here uh, probably, I guess, a little abbreviated SmackDown Live. Okay, folks, it's Friday night. It's time for SmackDown Live. It, uh, it used to be on Tuesday, but then uh, I think it was on Friday before, though. No, no, wait. They used to film it on a Thursday and then release it. It's just SmackDown Live. Yeah. Because, because, of course, there are, you know, although it is just 48 hours before Backlash, um, you know, we do have to, br- we still have to bring a lot of momentum to the show. Yeah. I mean, we've even got a title match that couldn't make the card, so. And they- why? Who knows? We need our pay-per-views to be a hair over three hours. Uh, so, you know, sometimes it's good to throw, you know, certain title matches onto the show, um, because, yeah, why the heck not? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a couple I would have traded for this, but whatever. No, well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> let's just, yeah, let's just talk about that match then. Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax defended those women's tag titles against Natalia and Tamina, and, you know, I think we know what to expect. We've been seeing these two go at it for... I don't know, a month or so now. Feels like it. Anyway, Reggie's there. He's trying to interfere, but thankfully the ref is having none of his shit. Ejects him from ringside, so we get a clean match at least. Um, But yeah, so uh, eventually Tamina gets the hot tag. Her and Natalia climb to the top rope. Natalia hits a big German suplex. Um, Oh yeah, she suplexes Baszler on the floor and then back in the ring. Tamina hits Nia with the superfly splash. Gets a three count. So Tamina's finally done it. First ever belt. And uh, yeah, good for Natty. Only her third ever title. But tag titles. Yeah, reigning tag supreme. Finally, they've tasted these titles titles since even prior to WrestleMania. Um, Which, you know, putting an end a much longer than necessary 
yeah. championship run for Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax, Reginald, whoever the fuck, wherever the fuck he is, nobody <laughs> really cares about. Um, I mean, I guess I just, fantastic, I guess it just feels like it should have happened at Mania, right? Yeah, they had the crowd there. They were all cheering for Tamina. So. You know, not only did they have the crowd there, and kind of like they're also there was the double night implications too, right? You know, the gauntlet match, or whatever it was, the, the whatever yeah. kind of gauntlet the eliminator, turmoil. yeah, which occurred on night one and then leading into night two. I don't know, like all the uh, you know all the eyes would have been on them there, but you know instead of kind of giving it away on free television, uh, you know, huge moment. Yeah, and uh, Pat McAfee's got so much energy in his voice. He makes oh, yeah. everything feel exciting. Uh, yeah. You know, he made this feel like a genuinely huge moment. Yeah, and I mean, same with the the girls in the ring. They were emotional, crying, cutting a quick little promo about dreams coming true. And then we had the huge. We did have a pretty big pyro. It was like a WrestleMania pyro for them. So and <clears throat> felt like but, it. Uh, you know, well after the after that long in the business, um, you know, this this is the moment you've been waiting for. Yeah, she's finally a champ. So uh, I saw a little backstage thing after on YouTube, just more emotional celebrations. And yeah, everyone's just happy for her. So good for them. And even better that uh, Nia and Shanna finally fucking lost. Yeah, well, but what scares me about Nia and Shayna Baszler not being tag team champions is that it opens up Nia Jax to be a, a champion of something else. <laughs> you know? Well,. At the very least, you'll have to stick to one show. Yeah, are, I guess are they are they a Raw team? I think they're uh, both. Or raw. They're both on Raw. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. I. I. It's. It's kind of almost hard to forget. I mean, it feels like at least since the most recent kind of brand swap or whatever it's called, they've had these championships, so they've just been flip flopping. Yeah. Uh but uh, I guess yeah. The uh, one other little thing that happened was. Nakamura took King Corbin's crown and put it on his head. So King Nakamura looks pretty cool, and maybe this means King of the Rings coming back. Yeah, King King of King of Strong Style. I'll tell you that much for sure. Yeah. So uh, yeah, other than that, you had the main event: Jimmy Uso versus Cesaro, and it was going pretty good until uh, yeah, Roman and Jay come out, ruin it with the DQ. So, but uh, yeah, the title match was the most important thing of SmackDown. Yeah. Anything else? It really was. Uh, in terms of go home shows, uh, not really exciting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just had especially, all the other guys. I think somewhere in the middle there, we had a, uh, um, I believe they called it a Medal of Honor ceremony or a Call oh, of yeah. Duty ceremony. I'm not too sure. Uh, between Apollo <laughs> so. Crews and Commander Aziz. Um, again, but you know, not having that belt. Uh, on the card for Smack for uh, the pay per view, it just kind of makes you wonder why talk about it on the paper or why talk about it on the free show if it's not going to be on the the pay per view. Yeah, I don't know. A little weird, a little weird booking decision, but uh, who knows? Can't all be perfect. We only have two hours to do this. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, let's just jump right into that pay per view then, shall we? Yeah. Sounds great. Of course, we are talking about not just Backlash, but WrestleMania Backlash. Review. And I gotta <laughs> give credit to, um, of course, it must suck 
<clears throat> like, you know, and maybe, you know, if you've ever worked a job where you have a boss or manager constantly kind of like, do this, do that, you know, const- constantly over top of you, uh, yeah. micromanaging uh, that, picture that, but it's a headset in your ears and it's an old man screaming at you because every single <laughs> time they d- not, not a single announcer said the word backlash without first saying the words WrestleMania. Uh, so I really have to give credit to the entire commentary staff for really sticking to it, uh, adding four syllables when two syllables would suffice. Yeah, um, that's think. like a, that's two thirds more <laughs> syllables than they needed to say. Uh, but we are talking about WrestleMania backlash. We do have a fair amount. Not every belt's on the line. Of course, those uh, women's championships aren't going to be there. The IC title is not going to be there. But uh, surprisingly, I guess on the kickoff show, was a non-title match? Yeah, Sheamus, he's been doing this a lot. I don't know what his problem is. But I guess he's just being a heel, being a dick. But uh, yeah, he comes out for some sort of open challenge. And it's answered by Ricochet. And he's uh, just kind of dressed in his jeans now. He doesn't wear tights anymore. Just like these tight black jeans, I guess. And I, I, I swear, Ricochet's had more in-ring attire changes. <laughs> yeah. Like, over this very kind of short course of time, he's done trunks. He's done... He did a full body suit yeah, at one point. Uh, he did kind of like the, like, short shorts. Shorts. Yeah. Uh, just pants only. This guy is all over the place. Uh, the only thing we haven't done is the... Uh, like a like a like a singlet, <laughs> kind of like that Baron yeah. Corbin tight, uh, or like a Kurt Angle wrestling, a Kurt Angle kind of look, Powerhouse Hobbs kind of look. Yeah. Uh, but who knows? <laughs> that could be next. Who knows? Maybe that's exactly it. He doesn't have a character. He's like, I gotta find my look. I just gotta find <laughs> my look. Wear every combination of shit until something yeah. works. But uh, he probably wasn't even supposed to be. This was probably supposed to be Humberto Carrillo originally. But mm. that little injury scare. But anyways, uh, you know, Ricochet still gets some moves in. He goes for that 630, but Sheamus avoids it. Hits a rising knee lift and then gets a three count. Uh, and then he goes to cut a promo after, but Ricochet attacks him and steals his clothes. Puts on his hat and coat and then just kind of runs away. And there's a new outfit for you. The um, like <laughs> the uh, the uh, kid wearing his dad's clothes type yeah. of look. Uh, you know, it'll be a baggy white, uh, you know, kind of uh, sleeveless shirt. You know, baggy pants, baggy hat. <laughs> uh, you're right. It probably was supposed to be Humberto Carrillo. Or, I mean, as soon as I heard um, non-title, I was thinking Mansoor was going to come in and then get that kind of redemption win over... Uh, over um, whatever his name is, Seamus bringing his record to I guess a uh, a, an applausible uh, fifty and one versus forty nine and one. Yeah, I mean that would have made sense. We haven't even seen the guy since then. So. No, but uh, the only other thing that happened on the kickoff was the Dirty Dogs backstage. They confront Dominic and just beat him down, throw a couch on top of him. Wow. So, uh, yeah, so he might be a little banged up. That tag title match is in question. But that was it. That brings us right to the main show, which uh, we get this opening narrated narrated by Batista, uh, I guess, to tie in with this Army of Dead promotion, which there'll be much more later. Much more later. Of course, you can check <laughs> it out May 21st on Netflix. Zack Snyder presents Army of Dead, starring yeah. Dave Batista, Tig Nataro. 
Um, others, I'm sure, Dalia was supposed to be in it. They refilmed all of his role, all of his <laughs> part, uh, which is very much so true. Um, they like restarted production so they could replace him in the movie, uh, yeah. which is fantastic. Um, but the show, uh, the, I guess the opening match for the event, uh, we will have that Raw Women's Championship match. We have Rhea Ripley defending against Asuka and Charlotte Flair. Woo. Yeah, dressed up as Cruella DeVille with her little Which you can check out live on Disney Plus <laughs> next yeah, week, I think. Or like this I don't know. Yeah. But Ladies love it. They're going wild for it. Yeah. No, apparently. Like a, she's she's apparently it's apparently the woman that wanted to kill puppies is now an icon that people like. Isn't that bizarre? <laughs> um it's it's funny yeah. how, yeah, kind of history or you know, kind of when uh, the way a story permeates through a culture, it kind of gets shifted um, you know, kind of here and there. I think, uh, you know, my personal favorite example is the risky business example. Uh, everybody loves risky business because it's Tom Cruise in his, you know, in the collared shirt, little tidy whities you know, old time rock and roll. He slides into the room. He's got the sunglasses on. Where in fact, the actual risky business was him opening a whorehouse in his in his parents' house because <laughs> he brought uh, he totaled his dad's car. Uh, yeah. Again, you know, history likes to shift some of these narratives sometimes. And speaking of shifting, I'll always bring it up when there's a chance because in that famous scene, Tom Cruise never wears the sunglasses, but everyone thinks he does. Oh, okay, you're right. I th um, <laughs> no, you are there. There you go. You know what? It's the uh, it's the DVD jacket, like the movie poster. Yeah, he's got the sunglasses <laughs> on, but now I'm trying to think where. Why would he put those sunglasses on unless he was driving? Maybe he puts them on at no, the it's, end. No, it's one of those things, though. Every time it's parodied, they have the sunglasses on. It's it's one of those uh, false memory Mandela. It's similar to Cruella Deville, the woman wanted to kill a hundred puppies, <laughs> but we're giving and her one. A, but we're giving her a backstory starring Oscar-winning actress Emma Stone. Enough about yeah. that, though. Let's get in. Let's get into <laughs> this uh, this championship match uh, here. Um, yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, good opening match here. You know, lots of submissions going on. Ripley using the strength. Uh, Charlotte hits a big moonsault to the floor, um, and then a little after that, she hits a double natural selection. Goes for the pin on both women, but they kick out. So uh, things are going pretty smoothly. Um, but then the finish seemed pretty weird to me because Charlotte's like standing outside on the apron fighting with Asuka. She boots Asuka back in the ring uh, right into the clutches of Ripley who hits the riptide, covers Asuka, gets a three count. And then pan back to Charlotte. Now she's somehow watching from the floor, but she was on the apron seconds ago. So I don't know how <clears throat> yeah, she didn't get in. A bit of a weird finish. And I got to say... Um, Asuka, so you know, Rhea Ripley took the belt off of off of Asuka over at Mania. They've had a couple matches uh, since then, and of course, this one. Uh, Rhea Ripley and Asuka are ter have terrible in ring chemistry, which I find so surprising because we've oftentimes applauded them both for having so much chemistry with everybody on the outside. Of course, Asuka Charlotte go fucking years back. That Asuka Charlotte Becky match, I think it was at TLC, I think was, you know, mm -hmm. it, 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 you know, possibly one of my favorite matches the women's division's ever given us. And you know, Rhea Ripley on the over other side has done her share of amazing things, but <clears throat> these two do not work well together. And I think Rhea, the, the faster Rhea Ripley can move away from anything Asuka, the better. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm happy with the result, Ripley retaining, but yeah, the match could have been better, and uh, yeah, I, th- I thought that finish looked weird. Yeah, could have been better, could have been better, but happy with the result. Happy with the result. Would love to see Asuka move down <laughs> to kind of like a mid-card of Raw women, uh, because Asuka has good matches with everybody, and yeah, this could be, can... I would love to see that again, you know, just Asuka Mandy, sure, Asuka yeah. Lana. Yeah, help bring them up to her level a little bit. Yeah, like, exactly. try to. And that's kind of the thing. And it's, uh, you know, the women's division is so staggered where I think Asuka's like 42 years old. She's like the AJ <laughs> Styles of the women's division. She came in yeah. late. She's great and has no problem working any kind of match. Uh, you know, she could do that for the women's kind of mid card, really bring them up and maybe uh, kind of help create Rhea's next challenger. Yeah, that'd be good. She, uh, yeah, she had that big long title reign. She, she should take a little break. Yeah, a little break from the title scene. Uh, but then we go backstage where Dominic, he's in the medical room from that beating earlier. His ribs are all injured, so Ray just says, "Don't worry, son, I got this." And he goes out to fight on his own. So we just jump right into that. Uh, Dolph and Robert Roode defending against Rey Mysterio for now. SmackDown tag title match. Okay, okay, the old uh, the old two on one, I guess. Yeah, uh, and Ray came out. He had the classic Adam West style Batman gear with the gray and the blue, the, the light gray and blue look. Yeah, I love that color scheme. He's got not, a lot. Of- not so much the. Uh, Adam West outfit with the actual colors. <laughs> the color scheme. Yeah, well, uh, Rey Mysterio is always going to give you, uh, you know, or he'll often give you a fun comic-themed uh, or comic-inspired uh, ring attire of some kind. Yeah, he loves it. Uh, but, you know, he's fighting uphill here, two-on-one. And uh, I got to say, I was impressed with Rude and Ziggler in this. You know, getting to see them in a full pay-per-view length match. They were pulling out a bunch of cool team moves that you don't really see, like... I don't know, this famous sir wheelbarrow suplex thing. Could have been their finisher. That looked pretty cool. Yeah, that should have been their finisher. But uh, Then you had Ray. He was doing his little slip and slide spot. He did it like 10 different ways. Yeah, he, I, my favorite was the one I think uh, I think Rude sort of found himself by uh, against the ropes with his legs spread open. And then yeah. Ray slides between uh, Bobby Rude's uh, belly. Or sorry, but falls falls on his belly and lands yeah. onto a little uh, splash onto Dolph yeah. Ziggler outside the ring. Uh, and then he tried it a second time, I think, and right into a super kick. And that might have been where Ray uh, he starts bleeding from the mouth. So uh, yeah, he took a bunch of good kicks to the head. Well, here, he so. he he was taking them all. I mean, God, Christ, <laughs> the guy, the kid was the guy was in there for twelve and a half minutes by himself. You timed it, eh? No, I'm going to say about that. Okay. (laughs) I thought you had exact. Uh, But no, he was in there. He was hanging in all by himself until injured Dominic comes strolling down, uh, takes his place in the corner. But Ray doesn't want to tag him in. He's like, no, son, I got this. uh, (laughs) And then Dolph hits him with a zigzag. Um, And for some reason, Dominic just stood there. And like was like, oh no! Rather than try to break up the pin. Yeah, well, yeah, it's uh, he he's too new to WWE. He doesn't know that you're allowed to break the rules. Yeah, I mean the zigzag. That's it's not a very protected finishing move. The zigzag may be the least protected finishing maneuver of all time. <laughs> uh, I yeah. can't think of one that's been kicked out of more than zigzag. <laughs> like, and it's been decades of this. It's been twelve years of the zigzag being kicked out of. 
Yeah, and that wasn't going to stop that here. That wasn't so. going to stop here. Yeah. Ray kicks out. Finally, reluctantly, Dominic gets tagged in. and He just unloads on the dirty dogs. Uh, Dolph goes for a super kick, but Dominic counters with his own super kick. And eventually, Ray gets back in, hits the 619. Dominic follows up with the frog splash, gets the three count. Ray and Dominic are new tag champs. New First tag ever. champs. First ever father-son. Yes. Uh, because it's, it would have never been able to happen, I think, before this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean. You know, um, to have like a fa- to have a father and son, they're really only like, you know, 20-ish years apart. Uh, but the dad still being able to compete at that, you know, level when you're in your 40s. Yeah. It's, and, no, it's uh, amazing what Rey Mysterio can do. You know, this is another one that could have... They could have done this on WrestleMania, had the nice happy moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think we had this. There was like a SmackDown thing that was yeah, before. SmackDown the night before, WrestleMania. Right, something like that. Uh, but yeah, that's great. Congratulations, Dominic, getting your first title victory with your father. Uh, must be uh, you know, a very, very, very special moment. And uh, yeah. yeah, maybe hopefully. I, think- I want to <laughs> now see the Dominic Mysterio that... Again, I believe we were promised when he came into WWE. It was like, oh, this guy's <laughs> going to be huge. Uh, but then it turned out he had a hot sister. Um, but now, maybe... I, th- I think we even got a brief appearance from her on like a video call. Or it something. was a video call or, or something, like or she was quote, yeah. she had a quote or an interview or something yeah. like that. Yeah, they was just cheering when like, yeah, he did it. Way to go, Dom. Way to go. Uh, then we move backstage where John Morrison. He's looking around. He's trying to find. Uh, he finds the lumberjack's locker room for the night, and uh, he wants to scout the situation. But when he opens the door, he finds a room full of zombies, and they just shuffle their way out, make their way down to the ring because uh, that lumberjack match is next. So just, <laughs> let's boom, just... I, boom! I'm waiting for you, baby. Of course, we have the Miz. Of course, we have Damian Priest. They've got each other in a lumberjack match. Uh, the type of matches where you see all your favorites standing at ringside. You'll get the artist, the artist formerly known as Tucky. Um, no, he's gone. <laughs> that's why I said artist formerly known as. Okay. Um, you know, we might get um, whichever remaining members of Lucha House Party are still <laughs> here. Uh, the rest of the gaggle. Uh, usually. I mean, on a normal day, but, uh, this pay-per-view is brought to you by Army of the Dead once again. Uh, so there, let's, the lights dim down, the Thunderdome screens just become this dilapidated city as the zombies come around to surround the ring. Um, and you know, they, 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 they weren't quite B-movie level zombies, but they weren't, I'm sure the actual Army of the Dead has better looking zombies. I think there's also some CGI zombies in there. <laughs> uh, yeah, in the they film. have the, yeah. But uh, you know, they were still they had makeup, so it was. But we're not gonna lie, this was pretty dumb. Uh, they've done, they did a KFC Colonel Sanders battle royale once, but that was pre-taped and not even aired during the actual pay-per-view. Oh, that sounds fun. Was Ellen? Was <laughs> Ellen one of the uh, colonels? I think Dolph Ziggler was the winning Colonel Sanders. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah so you know they surround the ring uh the wrestlers get in and uh you know they did the job they did act like lumberjacks they didn't try to get in i mean they were reaching their hands in but they didn't just jump in the ring these zombies they obeyed the rules 
Uh, but they were still zombies, you know, shuffling around, just trying to grab at you. Uh, Classic zombie, uh, you know, kind of arm <laughs> out but wrist flopping down. Yeah, uh, brains, things like that. <laughs> yeah. So Miz and Priest, they're fighting, but they're weirded out. They don't want to be touched by these zombies. And at one point, they just kind of work together to fight off a horde outside the ring. And Morrison comes down. He starts doing parkour all over the place. But eventually, the zombies get a hold of him and they just rip him down over the barricade into the void. Uh, where they presumably feast on his flesh. On his brains. His brains. Uh, and then we go back in the ring. Priest, he hit the lights on Miz, gets the win. Uh, and it should note, at one point during the match, Priest did like this drop kick off the top rope and landed on Miz's leg, which apparently tore the ACL and Miz toughed it out and finished the match. Really? Shit, I didn't which, hear about that. Yeah, I didn't notice at the time, but then I kind of went back and skimmed through and you can kind of see him hobbling a bit. Uh, but he's a tough guy. He gets the win. And unfortunately, after uh, Priest walks away, the zombies, the match is over. So it's fair game. They all just swarm the ring, surround the Miz. Just a big pile and devour him, I guess. Uh, so that injury might actually be good timing because now they can write him off. He's dead. Wow. Yeah. Come I mean, I guess I guess if that's what happened, then yeah, certainly. I didn't know that. Come back as a zombie. But yeah, let's get to yeah, So that's it. Damian that Priest wins. Uh, <laughs> this was gobbledygook level, right? Yeah, it was pretty pretty bad. I think um, the only way that this could have been worse if is Zack Snyder himself directed a version of this where it was just slow-mo. Because Zack <laughs> Snyder loves the slow motion. We all know this. Uh, I, I like to picture zombie scenes from this match, but like twice as long. Suddenly, this six-and-a-half-minute match turns into, I don't know, like, uh, we get, like, Zack Snyder's Lumberjack match, you know, kind of, uh, he adds a couple extra hours into it, really fleshes out a story. Uh, who knows? I think uh, The Miz and Damian Priest, they have, you know, there there could be a director's cut of this matchup. Yeah, so this, this was, there was nothing good about it, but... It was not the worst thing in the history of wrestling. Definitely was not the worst <laughs> thing in the history in the history of professional wrestling. Yeah, this yeah. was just the worst in a while. Worst, yeah, definitely. It's. I feel it just had no no reason. Just such a no stupid reason. Um, I want to know how much. Like, do you pay for a sponsor? How does this work? How much money was exchanged hands for this agreement for this thing to go down? Is what I wonder. Yeah, uh, I wonder if it was even. If it was naughty, I mean, it might have even been Vince's idea. It's like, ah, let's just throw some zombies. Yeah, whose idea was it? How long was this planned for? Um, and who was using their, their fucking brain? Because we have our... So two weeks ago, about maybe, The Miz was the WWE champion. No, about a month ago. Uh, maybe two months ago. Two months ago? Regardless, the man who won the WWE Championship back in February is now cowering around a bunch of zombies and fake smoke. Uh, <laughs> it's just to see such a fall from grace is something which happens. You know, we do see that here in WWE. We do see that. And uh, it's always just a shame. So let's go. Let's move on. Yeah. And, uh, and he got hurt. And he got I'll hurt. Yeah. Jesus. And the Miz has never been had a never had an injury in his long career. He's too so. consistent. Yeah, but let's move along. We got the SmackDown Women's Title match: Bianca Belair defending against Bailey. And as always, I love Bianca Belair's gear. 
which she makes herself. So good for her. Well, that's cool. But it's always like that reversible sequence stuff. Hmm. But good match here, you know. Bianca just showing off that athleticism, that cockiness, and Bailey just being wily, crafty. But uh, doing all that, she loves doing that evil cackle now, that laugh of hers. That's her new thing. That ha ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> so fake. But <laughs> uh, at one point, Bailey goes for a suicide dive, but then Bianca avoids it. She just crashes to the floor. That's pretty hard. Yeah. Uh, anyways, Bailey's cheating. She's grabbing the ropes. She's poking Bianca in the eyes. Uh, yeah, she uses uses Bianca's hair as a ripcord to pull her into the Bailey to belly. But uh, Bel Air kicks out at two. So Bailey goes back to the hair, uh, wraps her up with the, goes for the rose plant. But then Bianca rolls through and uses her own hair to wrap up Bailey's legs, ties her up in the pin, gets a three count. The hair kind of slipped off during the pin, but Bailey's shoulders stayed down, so it was a three count. Stayed but, down. Uh, once again, Michael Cole nearly botches it at the end by saying, "Did Bailey kick out?" But nope, couldn't ruin Belair's moment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, minor. Yeah. yeah, I mean, she's still, uh, yeah, she's still. You know, I think Bianca Belair is still working to, you know, kind of really leading this women's division, especially after we've had, like, the years and years of experience that Bailey and Sasha Banks brought to this division, right? And mm-hmm. Becky Lynch before her, and, you know, like, there there have been so many, like, yeah, the, the, the women's division has been so strong for so long. Now, we've kind of brought in two, comparatively speaking, newbies. Uh, to bleed both women's divisions on this, on this, uh, you know, on both rosters. Mm-hmm. Uh, she'll get there. She'll get there. She'll get there uh, on that level that we've come to expect from the top of the women's division here in WWE. Yeah, and she, uh, she was never NXT champion, so this is her first time as Exactly, yeah, like, you know, I, 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 I don't, I don't want to use the word green, because I feel like green has, like, an implication of, like, young and dumb, uh, you know, so, but, you know, in terms of, like, yeah, in terms of experience here in the industry, quite, quite green, comparatively speaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, we all know she's pretty good. Yeah, can't wait to see what she does. <laughs> But let's move on to this WWE title triple threat match. Bobby Lashley defending against Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman. And I will just say right off the bat, going into this match, I didn't really care much at all. But it absolutely exceeded expectations for me. Yeah, I can see that there too. We weren't too excited about this. So maybe any level of excitement would be exceeding (laughs) expectations. Yeah, but I mean, as soon as the bell rung, they just kicked it into high gear and They didn't slow down, and three big men, three huge men here, they were just flying all around the ring like cruiserweights at times. A lot of beef. Uh, A lot of beef, but uh, yeah, with with the beef comes the massive strength. So, uh, you know, at one point, Lashley and Drew team up. They hit Braun with a very impressive stalling vertical suplex. I don't think I've ever seen Strowman, like, held up off his feet that long in his life. Never. Yeah, upside down. So that was cool, but... Uh, then they fight outside to the floor. So the yeah, they're on the floor, and then Braun comes running off the apron with this huge diving clothesline. But he like flips forward as he does it, almost lands on his head. That so, one was a little close. <laughs> I don't know if he was trying to do like a flip, like a senton, or if he just overshot it. But either way, yeah, he almost died. But it was a great looking spot. <laughs> Looked good, good for him. 
But uh, Drew, Drew wants to get in on the high flying. So Drew hits big cross body off the top rope. And, uh, it's a triple threat. So we get some weapons, some steel steps involved. Uh, and then Drew and Lashley, they break off. They fight their way up to the top of the stage, up near the LED boards. Uh, and Drew ends up throwing Lashley through the LED board, causing an explosion. And I'm going to say it for the next couple of years. This looked better than the exploding barbed wire, this little explosion here. But just this little amount of... Uh... Just this little poof. <laughs> yeah. The timing was good. Uh, anyways, they always get him pretty good. But uh, that takes Bobby out. He's kind of in the abyss there. We don't know where he's gone. But uh, then back in the ring, Braun nails Drew with a massive senton. He just got all his weight on him here. But uh, soon after that, McIntyre hits a fucking Michinoku driver on Braun Strowman. This really was like a cruiserweight match in a big man's body. Yeah. I loved it. <laughs> big near fall. Uh, so they go back outside the ring. Braun goes for his choo-choo shoulder tackle. Uh, but then he gets caught with a belly-to-belly suplex over the, on the floor. I don't know. His head almost to fucking hit the floor. Yeah, that one was also very close. <laughs> yeah, he was bumping like a madman in this match. I give Braun props. But uh, Drew goes to follow up with the Claymore. But then Braun catches him with a power bomb, slams him through the announce table. They get back in the ring. And this time, Drew does hit the Claymore, but then Lashley runs in, tosses Drew out, and then hits a spear on Braun, covers him, gets a three count, retains his title. But, yeah, I thought, like I said, this match was really good. Way better than I thought it would ever be. Yeah, when uh, when WWE puts all that beef in the ring, you often get a good match. I can recall uh, this was very, very similar to the, um, it was SummerSlam a bunch of years ago. Uh, Brock, Braun, Roman, and Samoa Joe, um, <laughs> where, yeah, a lot of beef. How are they going to make it work? Take out the champion halfway through so we can come back, run the show, and then get the victory. Um, you know, kind of having that, you know, swooping in and capitalizing. Uh, you can book a match like this, and it's going to work, you know, and these guys all put in one hell of an effort. Yeah, I, I think this may have been Strowman's best match of his career. Wow. With the stuff, I mean, he hasn't had too many of them, but with the bumps he was taking, the moves he was doing, I don't, I don't know. I mean, that being said, yeah, literally nothing else comes to mind. So, man. <laughs> That's, yeah, I mean, and this wasn't, you know, this I'd give this match four and a half stars. Yeah. Wow. I liked it. You Honestly. liked it. Hey, that's all. It's, it just needs to hit right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then we get an announcement that our next pay-per-view is going to be Hell in a Cell on June 20th. Huh. So the the calendar's been shifted officially. Uh, so no more October. Um, rumor has it that that'll be the extreme rules now in October. And Money in the Bank moves to July. And everything else is the way it was. Okay. Everything else still a little shifted. Because uh, who was the... Oh, yeah. Otis gave it to the Miz. Okay. Right. We're back. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it's been a while since... Uh, I feel like it's... Yeah. It's been a while since uh, I've cared... Since we've had a Money in the Bank kind of thing going on. Yeah. And on the opposite side, it's only been seven months since we had Hell in a Sales. So it's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But whatever. Uh, let's go to the main event of the evening. We got Roman Reigns defending that universal title against Cesaro, who uh, came out wearing these vampire fangs on his mouth guard. It was a cool look. He also had his Instagram yeah. handle on his jacket. I don't know if you uh, picked that little part up. Uh, no, I was just focused on the fangs. Okay. <laughs> 
looking to sink his teeth into his first ever world championship. There you game. go. But uh, the big dog, Roman, comes out, and he's only got Paul Heyman at his side. So we might have a nice clean match here with no interference. Hopefully. So let's just get right into this because these guys, they got to go nearly 30 minutes. And uh, it didn't drag at all. I was invested all the way through. But, uh, yeah, you know, Cesaro, he's uh, early on in the match. He gets thrown to the floor and falls hard on his elbow. So that's one of the storylines of the match. He's got that injured arm and Reigns is just working it over. So, you know, he's preventing him from uh, fully hitting some of those moves, those uppercuts. But, yeah, we just got a lot of just good technical wrestling. Reigns tries to turn it into a brawl, just ground and pound. Uh, but yeah, Cesaro fights back. Lots of cool moves. Tries to get the sharpshooter in, but that injured arm is making it hard. So Roman just keeps working it over and uh, starts shouting out free agent Daniel Bryan as he does it. Just mocking him as he's doing his technical <laughs> wrestling. So uh, who knows? But uh, Cesaro fights back, but every move he's doing is just hurting that arm. He goes for the neutralizer, but he can't get him up. So uh, he goes for the springboard, corkscrew uppercut, uppercut, but Reigns catches him midair with a Superman punch, but Cesaro kicks out of that, so Reigns goes for the guillotine, but Cesaro escapes that, gets the sharpshooter applied, but again, he can't get the full leverage because of that arm, so Roman escapes, just starts pounding on Cesaro, locks in the guillotine again, uh, Cesaro tries to power out, stands up, but he just can't do it, and he fades to black. The ref rings the bell. Roman retains the title. Roman retains in what I can only give uh, an A plus of a grade. Uh, you're right. You know, the, the longer the match, the more you can tell. And starting a match slow and allowing it to slowly pick up, gaining speed over time, like that, 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 that creates, you know, pacing. Between these moments of chaos where, yeah, you're watching the match. We know Roman's going to hold this through WrestleMania. But <laughs> there's always going to be that little bit of a shot. And I love it when Roman Reigns, uh, he, you, know, we, you know, we get the little zoomed in, turn up the mic, uh, listen to him talk a little bit. <laughs> He's so yeah. good at this now. And he always calls it oh, yeah. wrestling. I got to give it. I got to give him that. He says, I love wrestling. I love wrestling. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's right, because you don't love sports entertainment. You love wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's exactly it, the story that you can tell. And, you know, commentary doing a great job of keep putting Roman over, um, reminding us that he pinned both Edge and Daniel Bryan simul simultaneously uh, back there at Mania, which Edge, you know, still nowhere to be still nowhere to be seen. It's been such a, you know, diff that was such a difficult concerto. Yeah. Uh, then after the match, I think Jay comes out, puts the old lay on Roman, and then he asks him if he can beat up Cesaro, and Roman gives him permission. So he beats him up a bit, uh, and then Seth Rollins comes out, and he's got this like I don't know suit that looks like got a bunch of paint cans. He's got a great on it. yeah, yeah and a thumbs up. <laughs> he's got a thumbs up for suit. Uh, it looked incredible. <laughs> So he comes out to pick the bones and just beats on Cesaro some more. So I don't know. I thought that feud was over. I was ready to move on from those two, but I guess that's not. So he just beats Cesaro up some more, hits it with a chair, targets that arm. And well, I think what what I gathered more than this, it was Seth and Roman sharing the same camera frame for now two weeks. 
Uh, yeah, I think yeah. last week they saw each other on SmackDown. We've like we've been saying, you know, no no true babyface contender for uh, this SmackDown championship quite yet. But uh, who knows? I mean, we could. I feel like these two different characters, these Tribal Chief and Monday Night Messiah characters, are so different than the former Roman and Seth Rollins that this could be a fresh. Uh, set of matches even though they're both heels yeah no definitely they'll they'll have to meet up at some point in the ring and i think yeah it does seem like they're teasing it a bit here so we'll see yeah watch it and that was the entire pay-per-view short of the zombie stuff back uh this was yeah this was a great pay-per-view you know even though a little bit predictable of a card at times but certainly the action i gotta say made up for it yeah the in-ring in-ring quality was there and uh yeah Good show. Which, uh, you know, is all we're ever waiting for. Well, that was fantastic, Mike. So let's get into the rest of our wrestling week. Let's kick off our wrestling week the only way that we know how, which is to crown a brand new Tweet of the Week champion. It's the Tweet of the Week. It's the Tweet of the Week. Brand new Tweet of the Week champion over here. Mike, I was looking at, uh, you know, sort of just examining uh, the current state of WWE champions, um, you know, Bobby, Roman, Sheamus, Apollo, uh, formerly, you know, of course, Shayna, Nia, uh, Rhea Ripley, letting me thinking, we often give these, tw- we're often giving these tweets away to tweets that we like, we're giving these baby face Tweet of the Week champions, but if I just looked at, you know, the way that the world really is, no, heels run the world. Sometimes, you know, and it's not every time you're going to get a babyface champion. I mean, hell, even look over on AEW. I'll, I have no clue what a Karushita is, but our three main champions are all are all heels. Yeah. So why would I think that just because this is, uh, you know, the Tweety League Championship, would it be any different? Because this week, our Tweety League champion is a heel, baby. <laughs> Maybe not Who in character. Maybe not in character, but in personality. Brand new Tweet League champion goes to th- now three-time Tweet League champion Ricochet. <laughs> Little backstory to what's going on here. WWE posted out one of their classic normal posts, whatever. Question: Who is the best high flyer in WWE right now? Showing photos of Ricochet, Rey Mysterio, AJ Styles, Io Shirai. Every, uh, so on. Uh, and then, of course, Ricochet responded to that tweet by saying, there's literally no one who can do what I do and how I do, but I'll let y'all discuss. And then people started throwing out their suggestions. Maybe it was Rey Mysterio. Was it? Maybe it was AJ Styles. Maybe it was sh- multiple shooty winner Io Shirai. Well, I guess that was where um, everyone's favorite maskless wrestler, if you get what I mean, uh, Ricochet, took to Twitter and uh, responded to fans uh, at ADTR19961 and at Io Shirai. I guess everyone was tagged into this post. He said, I'm not saying she's not amazing. She's 100% is, but I can do all caps everything she can, probably even better. She can't do what I am capable of, maybe not even half. Ooh, that's a heel, heel move. You know it's a heel move when you delete the tweet immediately afterwards. Uh, But, of course, somebody's out there to screen grab it, baby. (laughs) Remember, don't go to a party with Ricochet, and be sure not to call him out on Twitter. Uh, Ricochet, you're our brand-new Tweet of the champion. Ricochet the Dickochet. (laughs) I like that Uh, one. Uh, Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, yeah, I think that was him just being a dick. 
that wasn't in character. That was. Him I think being that was actual, yeah, asshole uh, ricochet. I don't think yeah. there's What's anything the to it. I think he's a bad person. I mean, yeah, the more you hear about him and his wife Casey, they're not. They don't seem like that good people. They no don't seem they like good ring. people. Uh, so who knows? Maybe that'll come up kind of even further. But again, <laughs> great heel, great heel work. Yeah. Okay. Io Shirai will kick your ass any day, bud. Probably could. Well, let's move forward with the week, shall we? <laughs> let's move over to the show. Ah, uh, you know what it is. It's um. It's like a, it's like in university where you know it's certainly like a, for a few years there you had to have the one three hour lecture, you couldn't yeah. avoid it, uh, but sometimes you could avoid when you chose to have it. You know, like three p.m. or sorry, like yeah, three to six on a Wednesday, is much better than nine to twelve on a Friday morning. Uh, but knowing that you have that three hour lecture first thing in the week, you know, you're recovering from the, the Friday parties, the Saturday party, you know, you're doing your thing, you're a student and then knowing, oh my God, I have a three hour lecture on Monday. That's absolute hell. That's the must skip class of the week, but not if you're a professional wrestling fan, because it is the exact amount of time for our flagship show. Of course, we're talking about Monday night Raw. Let's get raw. Let's get raw. Uh, we got champions. We got beef, and uh, <laughs> a little a little kid named Lily. So uh, let's let's get right into it. Uh, the show actually opens with a side of Bobby Lashley we've never seen before because usually he's cucking into one woman, uh, but we see him surrounded by five beautiful women, kind of walking himself down to the ring. And of course, MVP is there also. That's right. Uh, they together they cut a promo about you know being successful at Backlash, and they're here tonight, ready to issue an open challenge. So Drew McIntyre comes out, says, yeah, I want a shot. Uh, but then MVP says, no, no, you didn't let me finish. Anyone but you or Braun. So back of the line. Then um, Drew ends up punching Lashley. So simple. I don't know. I was uh, simple, but, you know, I'm done with. I don't need these two to be fighting anymore for now. Well, not only do I need none of these two to be fighting before, didn't something crazy happen last week where Raw opened without a promo? <laughs> I remember it was really weird and it kind of threw us all off and now we're kind of back to our old uh, our old games um, yeah similar to the problem with Roman over on the other side where you know there's no real next competitor I think Bobby you know having or if he is moving on from Braun and Drew finds himself in a similar problem who is the next challenger for Bobby Lashley who's got that much beef I don't know maybe yeah. Yeah, give someone the Cesaro push. Let someone step up. Yeah, who's who's the underrated talent that we can really uh, make something, you know, because this isn't setting up much for the future. Or it could. We are going to get uh, some probably in our main event will be uh, Bobby Lashley's open challenge. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, it's probably not going to be one of these two guys. We got AJ Styles taking on Elias. But nothing, nothing important here. Um uh, AJ goes for a phenomenal forearm, and Jackson Riker knocks him down on the outside, causing the DQ. 
which uh which i guess that's it you know um the heel on heel thing it's so funny all of these uh, uh you know this tag team explosion over here on monday night raw but we're still booking this heel versus heel uh kind of feud you know even though we have uh we've got riddle kind of coming in there on the other side with the rk bros and of course the viking experience who seem to be a one and done type of uh <laughs> type of tag team um yeah or maybe we're trying to turn kind of omos and styles babyface uh just because they've done mm-hmm. the kind of shit before we're gonna maybe. Need a, we're gonna need a promo or two to determine what we're supposed to think about aj styles and omos yeah maybe uh, uh maybe um a talk show segment of some <laughs> kind we need something uh but we go backstage where riddle He's making up some stories to the New Day and Randy Orton. He lied to both of them to get them all to come together and meet because uh, he wants them all to combine their powers into a you know a party of four. So Riddle proposes that Orton apologize to the New Day, and he says it's not going to happen and just starts insulting Kofi. So Kofi challenges him to a match. Yeah, Riddle's plan backfired. A, a SummerSlam 2019 rematch. Uh, for those of you who were fortunate enough to be in attendance. Yeah. Uh, then it's time for your favorite segment, Alexa's Playground, where her and Lily, they bring out their guests, the new tag champs, Natalia wait, and Tamina. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Alexa's Playground's a talk show segment right now. So we change the set, change the outfit, and a moment of bliss is now Alexa's Playground. Uh, I guess so. I guess so. Okay, okay, okay. It's nice to know that... I mean, it was backstage, wasn't it? No, it was front and center, baby. Well, I mean, I guess everything's backstage in front of no fans. But uh, <laughs> it was it was up there for all of us to see. But I mean, like, it wasn't in the ring. This no, 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 no. It was at the top of the ramp, similar to uh, where uh, A Moment of Bliss used to take place. But that's uh, that's another story for another day. Well, I guess, uh, yeah, she's asking some questions. Natalia answers them. No, she's not asking some questions. See, if you're going to do a talk show segment, at least ask some valuable questions. I think she asks uh, uh, what she's doing here, I believe was a question. Uh, I believe what's your favorite color was also a question. Yeah, what's wrong with that? Well, I'm not. I'm just saying, you know. I mean, there are some some of the most famous talk show segments in the history of WWE. You know, the the the, the Miz TV, the Peep Show, the Kevin Owens Show. <laughs> you know, they ask uh, the Cor- Corey Graves' electrical chair. They ask some of the most thought provoking questions in professional wrestling. I think they're more provoking than they are thoughtful. They're usually trying to get a rise out of. They're usually trying to get a rise out of someone or. The theory I had, secondarily speaking, is that, of course, Corey Graves and Kevin Owens is going to ask an adult question because they're an adult. You know, what kind of question would an 11-year-old ask somebody? What's your favorite color? I mean, boom, suddenly it I all starts it. to make sense. And yeah. Alexa Bliss is actually just supposed to be a 12-year-old girl. Well, I think it's pretty much any kid's show. If you watch any kid's show, they all dress like kids. They all act like kids, okay, even though they're Okay, okay, okay. Have you heard of the Wiggles? Uh, I've heard of the Wiggles. Yeah, I mean, unless or so, so WWE is going for a Wiggles type thing to to no, connect with think, their eighteen to forty nine year old audience. I don't think it's what you think it is, where she's trying to look like a kid for sexual perverse reasons. Okay, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I watch a lot of kids shows with my niece. You do watch a lot of kids shows with your niece. That is right. Yeah, 
But anyways, uh, this whole interview, Tamina's like, this is weird. They walk. <laughs> like, thank you, Tamina. This is weird. <laughs> so let's just move on to Angel Garza taking on Drew Gulak, who uh, I guess Gulak wants revenge for that rose up the ass, but doesn't go very well for him. Uh, Garza hits the wing clipper, beats him, uh, and then this time he shoves the roads shoves the roads down his throat because he said he was going to do that. So from ass to mouth. Uh, and Angel Garza was at a little two match winning streak, maybe, or at least here on the main roster. Yeah. So who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, we go backstage where our truth is hiding out with the twenty four seven title. Which, uh, you know, we're starting to think maybe it was going to be going the way of Raw Underground for a second there. But still here. Hey, uh, Raw Underground's coming back. I don't know why you think it's dead. (laughs) Just wait, baby. They'll bring it back when you least expect it. I guess so. Uh, But Tazawa sneaks up. Pins Truth wins the belt. Yeah. Great. (laughs) Yeah, why not? Uh, You had another quick Eva Marie hype video. But I'm ready. I'm ready. Bring her on. No, oh, Mike, you're smarter than that. You know we have another two and a half months before anything's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, probably. But uh, Randy Orton takes on Kofi Kingston in this match here. Lots of history, so we know what to expect. Could Before before you get into this, I just have one Eva Marie question for you. Because, yeah, I, I don't know anything about her. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, she's the hype thing. She used to be there. Now she's back. So, you know, you kind of get that push. Which superstar do you want her to go over on first right because so right now in the back of raw we do have this division of women who have been waiting their turn whether it be lana naomi we have mandy rose back there dana brooke who's the first because whoever whoever she fights first is going to take the big l so who's who's doing the job to eva marie charlotte flair (laughs) charlotte Baby, I don't know if uh, if you if you've got the inside scoop on something because that's a no, that's... hot take. <laughs> that's right. That's what we're coming with. It's a hot. I take. don't think. Okay. That's okay. Happen. No, that's. Uh, I just we just wanted an answer of some kind. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but Randy Orton, Kofi Kingston, they're having a match here. But uh, Xavier on the outside with that trombone playing is just causing a nuisance. Randy Orton hates it, so he starts yelling at him. But uh, Kofi takes advantage with the distraction, rolls up Orton, gets a three count. So Orton's pissed. He walks off. But Riddle shoves Xavier to the ground and walks off after Randy because that wasn't fair. That wasn't fair. Nobody likes a greasy roll up. Yeah. Riddle's trying to be the middleman here. He's trying to keep the peace, but they keep fucking with him. Riddle's in the middle. (laughs) There you go. On Sunday nights. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, that's a sitcom, right? That's the name of the sitcom? Yeah. Riddle in the middle. Are you talking about Malcolm? I just, you know, no, I was just saying, yeah, of course it's going to be a yeah. sitcom. It's not yeah. a it's not a 48-minute long-form drama series. No, no. Hell no. But uh, we go backstage where all, the, uh, all those other women are arguing over who gets the next tight title shot. But then Charlotte just walks in and clears the room because she wants to talk to Sonya and Adam Pierce, And she tells them she wants a one-on-one against Rhea Ripley. None of that triple threat bullshit. So they say, okay, if you beat Oscar tonight, we'll consider it. Okay. Under consideration. Under consideration. Uh, we got Tamina and Natalia defending those freshly won titles against Nia and Shayna in the rematch. So 
Let's, uh, you know, more of the same. But uh, this time Alexa comes out in the middle of it to watch from the ramp with Lily. So Shayna gets Tamina in the Kirafuda clutch. And then Reggie's looking on from the corner. But then Bliss uses her powers to shoot some fire up out of the ring post. Which causes Reggie to go flying. And he's grabbing at his face. It burned him in the eyeballs. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this causes Shayna to release the hold. Which allows Tamina to tag in Natalia. And then the two of them hit the heart attack to get the win and retain their titles. Thank God. Thank God. In yeah. one of the best three-minute matches you'll ever see. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you know, throw these four women in the in there. And we were talking about the problems over on SmackDown and it, uh, in terms of women's match lengths. And it seems as though even though Natalia and Tamina are over here on Raw, those problems have followed them around. Uh, so Alexa Bliss, she's there. She's present, maybe seems to have her uh, her eyes on those uh, WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. Mike, will we see our first doll champion? Uh, <laughs> of course, know. Alexa Bliss and Lily. Um, yeah. You know, of course, we've seen uh, a little boy as a tag team champion. Of course, no one can forget Nicholas. Uh, are we soon to see our first inanimate object uh, or per, perhaps it'll be a Pinocchio story and the doll comes to life. Doll comes to life. Okay. We have this, you know, they've been training this person for a while in the performance center that's ready to be Lily. Just someone. Some, just someone with black hair. She's someone ready to go. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, if they do go down that route, I, I mean, Kota Bushi showed fighting with a doll can work. So. Oh, I mean, but that 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 killed the business. That that set the <laughs> that set the business uh, twenty minute twenty years back. Kota Bushing, yeah. Kota Bushi uh, giving himself a series of Canadian destroyers in a circle. Uh, yeah, well, you know that sets the business back. You know, two thousand one was a hot time for the business. So going back twenty years. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, that might not. Be, yeah, that might not actually be the worst thing in the world. <laughs> uh, but we got uh, another rematch. This show was full of them. Uh, Sheamus taking on Ricochet once again. Uh, earlier in the show, Ricochet had stolen Sheamus's clothes backstage, so that's what this feud's about. Clothes. Well, clothes. like we just said, Ricochet's always looking for that new ring attire, so you know he clearly has some kind of you know confidence issue when it comes to his own uh, wardrobe. Yeah. He's always wearing that hat to cover up his bald head. Yeah, probably. Uh, so yeah, Seamus comes out, he's all pissed off, like, hey, get your ass out here with my clothes. But, uh, anyways, Ricochet, uh, yeah, they come out, they have their match, they're fighting. Uh, at one point, Ricochet hits a big Spanish fly off the top rope for a two count. Um, and they're kind of an awkward landing on Seamus, so. I don't know why these past couple of weeks they keep having Seamus do these big ambitious spots yeah i i've, I've also <laughs> wondered that it's almost like he's asking to do them uh because <laughs> i mean uh, he's yeah. way too big to be doing some of these things but uh you know maybe he maybe he wants to kind of for the first time yeah i don't know yeah little little uh i mean i like the i like the ambition but we want to be safe here exactly <laughs> but anyway as ricochet he's flipping all over the place but one flip too many as he springboard moonsaults right into a kick from Seamus. Uh, but he kicks out at two, which I don't know if that was supposed to happen. So Seamus just picks him up and hits a bro kick and then pins him. And then he takes his clothes back. Yeah, got to say, entertaining, though. 
you know. But yeah, this ricochet pants, shoes. Yeah, the uh, jeans. New look, yeah, I guess. I, I thought on Sunday, I'm like, maybe he wasn't ready to compete, and that's why. But like, no, <laughs> they're this, like, this shit, you got to get out there. There's one time Roderick Strong came out in pants, yeah. uh, and we were like, oh, that was legit I, though. I, I, we're like, oh, they just called this. <laughs> yeah, so I think wasn't it like Bobby Fish got injured in the first segment or something? So they so it was something. It was something like that, or yeah, it was the opening. Bobby Fish gets hurt right away, and they're like, no, yeah. get out there, get out, yeah, <laughs> right out there in pants. Uh yeah, I love, I like that. Uh well, you might not like the little we had a backstage promo from Mason T Bar. And yeah, nothing really. They flip a coin because they're like, yeah, one of us is gonna challenge Lashley. And then they flip and a coin and we did not see the results. It. That was so the last like, okay, we great. Saw. So I also don't care. Uh yeah. if you don't care enough to tell me about the results, why should I care enough to uh care about what the results are? Yeah, they're still I don't know. They lost the masks, but they haven't done anything else with them. They're still the same. Lost the thing. masks, but haven't lost the spirit. Yeah, I wish. I don't know. <laughs> but let's go to Oscar and Charlotte Flair. Uh, yeah, I've seen this enough lately. Don't need it right now. But uh, Rhea Ripley comes out to watch. They go back and forth. Uh, Charlotte gets in Ripley's face, talks some smack. So Rhea jumps on the apron, and but she ends up eating a boot from Charlotte. But then Asuka catches Charlotte in a roll-up for the three-count. So, ha. Another no title the shot most for you. devastating move in sports entertainment. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of a lot of those. This. We've 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 said that before, but yeah, just you know, it's it's Asuka Charlotte, and you know these women are gonna get a pay-per-view length match on television uh, because they're tr- they're they can be trusted to do so. Yeah, no, I mean, the match was good, but just nothing too new. I mean, like you said, this whole Raw women's title needs a bit of a shake-up. Mm-hmm. Need some juice. Yeah, needs some juice. But uh, at least we know Charlotte's not getting the next shot. Uh, <laughs> but she'll probably find her way in. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, speaking of another feud that needs to end, Damian Priest takes on John Morrison this time in another Lumberjack match. Probably the first time you've had back-to-back lumberjack. Back-to-back back lumberjack. <laughs> but uh, the regular, regular jacks this time. No zombies. Just the jobbers. Um, and a couple people we never see, like Nikki Cross was there. I think Mansoor was there. That was his fucking role. Mansoor! Yeah. So, anyways, uh, I guess we get a big, big superplex off the top rope into the pile of wrestlers on the floor. Uh, Priest hits a top rope Hurricane Rana and then hit the lights to get the win. And hopefully that's the end. Hopefully that is the end. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I still can't get those zombies out of my head, though. <laughs> In your head. head. Zombies. Zombies. Uh, Bobby Lashley comes out for his uh, WWE title open challenge, which is answered by Kofi Kingston. So there you go. All those guys. Everyone was talking trash all night saying, I'm going to take the shot. But Kofi's the one that stepped up. But uh, right before the bell rings, MVP says, wait a minute. We never said anything about a title match. So this ain't for no title. So who did who did say? Who did say? Was it the, the beautiful woman that came out at the beginning? Yeah, one of one of those uh, one of those thoughts. Let it slip, yeah. you know. <laughs> Anyways, Bobby versus Kofi. Uh, Kofi hangs in there for a while, but uh, Lashley just takes over, starts dominating him until uh, Mr. Drew McIntyre shows up. 
steals MVP's cane from his hands, and he ends up smashing Bobby right in the neck with, right behind the ref's back. And then once again, Kofi with the roll-up gets the three count. Two straight roll-ups. I think, you know, not or two and a half, three maybe? There was a lot of roll-ups. There was at least three on oh this show. Oh, my God. Next maybe year, four for on 2022, we're going to start counting roll-ups. Uh, I'm writing it down. I will not forget because I feel like now we're a little too far into the year to. Uh, yeah, there's no way we can. You know, there'd be track. no way to like, yeah, retroactively kind of go back there. 2022, we're gonna count every roll up, uh, because <laughs> it's. I think the roll up finish is the new two out of three falls. Yeah, I mean anyone. Uh, that's the thing. It. It's a, any wrestler can pull it off at any time, any moment, any promotion. Mm-hmm. I mean, we see real, we see roll-ups in uh, across NXT. the board. Oh, this isn't yeah. WWE uh, exclusive. It's become like a new booking decision. Yeah, but they do abuse it, especially Raw. They, everything about Raw is the worst. So, <laughs> of course, <laughs> <laughs> just everything. You're right. You know, uh, Kofi. You know, do like that. Uh, like we said, Eddie, Bobby Lashley is looking for somebody else, a new babyface champion, and uh, without the new day, you know, with the new day not being in this past week's kind of tag team picture. Of course, we were more focusing on AJ uh, and crew. Um, who knows? Maybe Eddie Kingston, or sorry, not Eddie Kingston, fuck up. <laughs> Kofi Kingston and Bobby Lashley uh, is the next thing. Yeah, that'd be a that'd be a good little filler filler feud. They haven't really crossed paths too much, so yeah, I'm fine with that. It's not Drew, it's not Braun, so let's do it. Not Drew, let's Braun. Let's uh, do it. Uh, I guess that would be all the action for the first half of the show, Mike. Should we take a break? Yes, let us. We're going to take a break, and we're going to come back with the former... Wednesday Night Wars, but now it's just called normal television. Uh, so you're gonna want to stick around. Welcome back here to the podcast, folks. Part two, covering the, uh, you know, I mean, of course, our flagship show, Monday Night Raw, our uh, our second show, SmackDown. You know, they're old. They're filled with the olds, the has-beens, the already-ars. But when we focus <laughs> the second half of the show on the upcomings and the never-heard-ofs. Uh, yeah, there's some has-beens as well. There are a couple has-beens you know, that pop up every so often. But, uh, but hey, sometimes you know the second half of the show is where you know a 38-year-old from Brooklyn uh, who had no television time uh, for 20 <laughs> years can finally pop up in main events all over the place. Pay-per-view bouts. Yeah, that's uh, very true. That is very true. Let's get into the first uh, little chunk that we have here. Let's talk about the gold, black, and bird brand because we are talking <laughs> about NXT. That bird is still there. That with bird's no, with there. no explanation. Uh, they just kind of added this new logo and expected no one to notice. But I'm going to notice. A bird with a human skull, right? Of course. You're going to notice a bird with a human skull. Is that like a mythical? You know how there's like half horse, half man. And is there a half bird, half human type thing? Yeah. Wasn't there an episode of The Simpsons where they find... Uh, oh, yeah. Mr. Burns was like a bird? No, they find a skeleton of what looks like an angel... Oh, yeah. But then it turns, you know, because it's got the wings on, then it turns out just be like something else that, no, maybe I have my story wrong. Either way, 
We're talking <laughs> NXT. NXT. What does it mean? I don't know, but it's a good wrestling show. NXT. Watch and see. How to tap out a count out of one, two, three. Triple H's show. I do wonder sometimes, you know, when Vince McMahon passes away and all control kind of goes over to Hunter over there, does that mean that uh, Trips' kids are going to be in charge of NXT? Like, does it have to be a direct familial lineage? Or, um, you know, because well, eventually we're going to need someone calling the shots over there. Yeah. Because uh, it'll, sure it'll, it'll be a it'll, it'll be like a new, whenever like a new presidential uh, candidate or, you know, winner comes in and they kind of shuffle out the cabinet. You know, when yeah. Vince McMahon goes on, Paul Heyman's out. <laughs> uh, you know all these because 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 we need time. We need to bring in Matt Bloom. We need to bring in Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Uh, we need to bring in these guys. You know, and then kind of reformat ourselves down there. Who knows? Paul Heyman could be in charge of NXT before we know it. Yeah, or maybe some of those guys that he's grooming will stay in. You know, maybe Shawn Michaels stays down there and Triple maybe H moves th- maybe over. Maybe they just hand over NXT to Daniel Bryan. I mean, uh, there's, there you go. Or William Regal becomes William an actual Regal man of comes, power. Yeah, uh, Fit Finley comes back. There are a million and one uh, opportunities, but we actually kick off this week's NXT with some women's action. We're yes, talking Zoe uh, Stark. We're talking Tony Storm. Put them together, Tony Stark. <laughs> Or <laughs> Zoe Storm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but this is not a Marvel movie. This is uh, this is a feud that's been going on for a few weeks now. Uh, you know, Stark just still establishing herself here on this brand, and I'd say know, Tony doing... Storm also. Yeah, Tony Storm. She's you know we know who she is a bit more, but uh, yeah, hasn't had a lot of those big moments here on NXT America. But uh, yeah, they have a good match here. Nice evenly fought. Uh, Tony hits the storm zero, but Stark kicks out. So Tony follows up with, I don't even know what to call it. This crazy move I've I've never th- seen it before. I'd call it new finisher. That's what I'm calling. That's what I'm yeah. calling it. Well, my, uh, my, uh, the twisting sto driver. Yeah, I said it was. It looks like a some kind of. Uh, modified. It was a brain buster of it was some cool. kind. It was like two or three moves combined. Or that's all know. we're doing now. We're just taking finishers, putting them together, and seeing what we can figure out. Yeah, I like it though. It was a big move that got her the three count. So statement win here for Tony and a cool new finisher. You know, I mean, because all all a one winged angel really is is just kind of like a reversed power bomb driver. Or it's like a Michi Noko driver <laughs> off your shoulders. Off your shoulders. I mean, you know, it's all the same shit. Yeah, they're baby. all similar it's all shit. The same shit. Stone uh, Cold Tony, Stunner is almost Stone, a cutter. Tony Storm pulls this one off, and uh, you know, a new finisher can be a sign of you know rebuilding yourself. You know, rebuilding yourself as a as a title contender. Yeah, there's always anywhere she goes, there's a place for Tony Storm. She's great. Amen. But uh, as she celebrates, Frankie Monet, her entrance hits. Her and she's got little Presley with her, of course, and uh, they're just kind of here to steal the spotlight, literally, as the lights just come down to them <laughs> and they have a little, have a little kiss, puppy. And does it say Frankie Monet with Presley? No, I think she only mentioned the name once, but I'll never forget. I know you'll never forget. I just pictured it being one of those things that's like behind. When she co- it should say thing. that. Well, when she comes out, because they announce next week is her in-ring debut. Perfect. So I, I guess we'll see. Yeah, I guess we'll see when we have our first <laughs> heading. Will it say like it's her manager? Like it's her manager. Preston. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. I'm hoping the dog is trained to do some spots. Maybe. Who knows? There could be like a <laughs> you know yeah 
Who knows? Something like a little. I mean, copper eventually, toned, this dog's gonna take a shit. Like a little, like a little copper tone dog type thing. Like they, uh, yeah. you know, kind of reaches for someone's ring attire. They're like, hey, and then just enough to cause the distraction. Yeah, unties their boot lace. Something like that. <laughs> I hope so. Especially, well, do it now while it's still pre-taped, and they can do something elaborate. Yeah. But uh, anyways, Candace, we go to this uh, offs off-site segment where Candace LeRae and Indy Hartwell are getting a nice day at the spa. So, you know, they're getting massages. They got their faces all covered with the mask, the cucumber. Uh, but then we see Dexter appear. He's the one massaging Indy. Uh, but then they don't know he's there. They, they both just start trash-talking him, calling him a loser right in front of him. So he walks off. He's He doesn't know what to think. Yeah, I can't tell if he's sad or... You know, I don't know if he gets emotions. Yeah. Uh, they played the old Prime Target, the hype video for Carrying Cross Finn Balor Part 2, which those are always well put together. Electric Boogaloo. Now, is that yeah. uh, going to happen at the In Your House show? No, I think that's going to be like two weeks or something. Okay. Okay. NXT. Yeah. Yeah. Because I guess, yeah, I don't know when that In Your House thing, they only mentioned it a couple times. Yeah, sometime in June. I can't remember. Cool. But, uh, we cut to the parking lot where we see Cameron Grimes pull up in this beautiful Rolls Royce. But uh, he's been told that the spot's reserved for Mr. Ted DiBiase. <laughs> That's good. So, I guess so. But uh, we go back to the ring where Jake Atlas takes on Cameron Grimes. And when old Grimey comes out, he plays this montage of Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase moments, which ends up just turning into clips of him getting beaten up and embarrassed. So, we go into the match, everything's going fine. When we cut back to the parking lot again, we see this stretch limbo pull up with the big gold dollar sign on it. So we know who's in there. Uh, Grimes, he's in control of the match. He's ready to hit the cave-in. When the Million Dollar Man's music hits, he comes out on the stage, which distracts Grimes, so... Atlas hits a sunset flip, gets the win. And then DiBiase just laughs at Grimes. Yeah, this uh, this Cameron Grimes and Ted DiBiase is, is evolving more than we all thought it would. We seemed like a silly one-off joke, but now it uh, it seems it feels like there's going to be a payoff. Yeah, I, uh, think they've, I think they mentioned that next week they're going to face-to-face meet or something. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? I mean, it, could this be the return of the million-dollar... Uh, at this point, I hope so. They might as well just bring it back, let Grimes have a little belt to carry around. I mean, yeah, it seems like well, we're now three, maybe four weeks straight of doing it. Yeah, like there, I think there's going to be a payoff of some kind. I hope so. Uh, we go to a sit-down interview with Pete Dunne, and uh, I got to say, great wrestler, not a very interesting talker, this Pete Dunne, especially in this setting. I don't know. Hmm. I didn't really gather a whole lot from it. No, maybe not. Says I'm tough. I want the title. But anyways, let's move along because we got Aaron Wolf taking on Killian Dane. This kind of little mini feud we've been building up for a few weeks here. The former Sanity members, but uh, during the match, the other members of Imperium they try to get involved. They hand a chair to Wolf, but he hesitates a bit and then takes it. But uh, Killian Dane comes charging at him with a crossbody and gets a three count off that. Not a very impressive move. I know, and especially after <laughs> all this, after all this build, it was like a yeah. little miniature fight for no reason. 
Uh, yeah, Imperium. If Imperium's kicking out Alexander Wolf, you know, it'll be interesting to see where where he goes after that. <laughs> well, funny you should mention. So, yeah, after the match, the Imperium, they're not happy. They beat down Wolf. So he's out of the group. Uh, but then the very next day, we find out not only is he out of the group, he's out of NXT. He's been released. So, uh, yeah, releasing part two. Three. I guess part three. I mean, part two of this year. <laughs> uh, I mean, he was the biggest name, I guess, right? You had a couple other developments. You had that ref asshole, Drake. Uh, yeah, uh, the, the, t- the spray tanned ref. Yeah. Uh, Wolf and Jessamine Duke. I guess she's the other. Jessamine Duke, of course. Marina Shafir, she's still kicking around. Yeah. Is she the one that's married around. to Roddy? Uh, yeah, she's the one married to Roddy. Uh, the one that's dating Joey Janela, she's also gone. So just a little, uh, cr- little crowd. Yeah. So really weird, though, that you would book him in this and then release him the next day. Like in the, I, yeah, seems weird, right? It does seem weird, yeah. Um, unless it's like one of those things where truly, like, they had no idea. You know, who knows how yeah. how quickly these decisions kind of go up the flagpole. Uh, I mean, when you're releasing someone from a contract, you don't necessarily need to give them, you know, notice. No, it's just weird to me. Just like, yeah, there was a storyline that happened. And I guess the story ended. Wolf's beaten and gone. <laughs> You would think maybe he teams up with Killian Dane again after, but nope. Yeah, which is a little too bad, but, uh, you know. Yeah. No, I mean, at the end of the day, it's Wolf. He's His ceiling was not that high. But, uh, yeah. Oh, well. Let's move on. Because mm-hmm. we got some tag team action. Legato, Delphin, Tasma taking on Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa. And, uh, yeah, just a hard-hitting match here. Um yeah, Ciampa hits Mendoza with a stiff elbow to the face, which just busts his lip open pretty good there. Good old bust. Yeah, stiff lip, busted open, blood all over him. Uh, they even took the time to clean him up during the commercial break, wipe him down. <clears throat> but he fights on long enough uh, for the grizzled young veterans to come out, and they attack Ciampa. They hit the ticket to mayhem onto the edge of the ring behind the ref's back. And Legato follow up with uh, their finishing move. That gets him the big win. I know. That was a bummer because I want Ciampa and Thatcher, Thatcher to, uh, you know, get wins. Because they continue to bring everything they have to every single match. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they, they, they I see no reason why they couldn't be tag champs sometime in the near future. Yeah. I see no reason why that couldn't happen. Uh, so, yeah. And for the other side, for Legato, yeah, who knows where they'll go also. Yeah, I mean, they're still, yeah, they're in there. They're still second fiddle to Escobar a little bit, but they're yeah. trying to make themselves. They're trying that. something, and that's all that matters. Yeah. But we go backstage where Bobby Fish is getting interviewed, and uh, he calls out Pete Dunne and One Lorcan for, you know, being the ones that put him out of action originally with that torn triceps he had back at War Games. And he just had to watch from the sides as the Undisputed Era imploded. So there's a debt to be paid, and he wants to start with you, Pete Dunne. Okay. Yeah, sounds good. Why not? Uh, we go back to the spa once again, where Candice's uh, credit card gets declined. And they say the reason was a charge for some flowers from a few weeks ago. Uh, so Candace tries to deny, and Indy's like, wait a minute. 
Did Amber and Shotzi get those flowers from Dexter or from you? Do you know what this means, Candace? He still loves me. So she runs off. She's all happy. Uh, yeah, bit of a miss of a segment for me. Kind of weird. Yeah. How, how would flowers max out your credit card when you're I successful? mean, have you ever bought a dozen roses? Even if there were $500 <laughs> of roses. Yeah, it seems like a little. It seems like a little ceiling to max it out. Uh, who knows, you know? But the way is, uh, I don't know. Nah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess Indy's in love. They, the I'm happy for Indy. Though, all of, they're the champions all over the place. They're the champs. Yeah, three out of four. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm fine. It was just, yeah, the segment wasn't that good mm-hmm. for me. No. But let's go back to the ring. We got good old Aaliyah taking on Saray who uh, is on a hot streak here since coming in. But she's dealing with all the Robert Stone brand on the outside with their dirty tactics. But her skill set is just far, far greater than Aaliyah. And uh, she ends up hitting her with that big Saito suplex to finish the job and continue her winning ways. Yeah, and I think that was like the only real purpose of the match was just keep the win alive. Yeah, it yeah. was fine. Mm-hmm. She's coming looking strong. I like it so far. Uh, we get another teaser, this little promo showing like MMA boxing training for, I don't know, something called the Diamond Mine. So still don't know what this is. The Diamond Mine. Uh, hey, is I, it a faction? Is it a wrestler? I don't know. <laughs> is it a new dance like Gangnam Style? <laughs> uh, it could be any number one, any number of things here. It could be Raw Underground Part 2. Hey, oh, thank God. NXT Underground. They have the space. Maybe. They do. I don't know. They got a bunch of extra rings and stuff. Yeah. Uh, But we go to some tag action here. The debut of Hit Row. Uh, Ashanti, the Adonis, and Top Dalla taking on Tony Nese and Arya Davari. Uh, You know, we've seen lots of Isaiah Swerve recently, so nice to showcase these other guys here from Hit Row. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then at the end, Top Dalla hits this cool finisher. It's kind of like an attitude adjustment, but he turns it into a neckbreaker. So, At one point. Cool. Yeah, another one. Just yeah. kind of put two things together. Yeah, <laughs> cool move. <laughs> so top row, or, or no, sorry, hit row, get the uh, convincing win. So nice. And then they cut a little promo after, do a little rap. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, just making them look strong. And the Isaiah Swerve Scott thing here on NXT has really felt like refreshing to me. Uh, kind of feels like this guy who was on 205 Live, whose name you is, is around, but never really given much like spotlight. Uh, it's really cool to see uh, something like, quite frankly, like, kind of like new to me. I really didn't know much about him before, and yeah, now no, we're seeing him all built- the time. Yeah, this this hit row has a, you know, you build them up, they have a chance to become the new top group, top stable, the new Undisputed Era type deal on NXT. And like we said, I think we said that last week, we are looking for the next uh, Undisputed Era. No reason why it can't be these four. Yeah, I agree. Uh, But let's go to this main event that they were kind of hyping up throughout the night. Uh, Johnny Gargano defending his North American Championship against Bronson Reed in a good old steel cage match. So, uh, of course, Gargano, the little guy, right off the bat, he's just trying to run out the door, trying to escape whenever he can. So Bronson's just, you know, slamming him against the walls, beating him all around. Uh, But yeah, Johnny hits some nice moves, you know, the moonsault off the ropes, and Austin Theory's on the outside trying to climb and kick 
kicking out the cage whenever he can, doing all that shit. Uh, yeah, some big spots off the top ropes, you know, power bomb, sunset bomb off the wall of the cage. Uh, Johnny Gargano hits a poison rana onto Bronson Reed. So that was pretty crazy. Just backflipping onto your head is always funny. Backflipping onto your head is always impressive to watch. Uh, yeah, especially when you're like 400 pounds. Like yeah, you know what I'd love to see? <laughs> you know, we were talking about the Olympics earlier on before the show. You know that event, the gymnastics event, where it's like they have this big square and then they run from one side to the other and do some crazy flip in the middle? Would yeah. love to see the event, but it's just backflip on your head, backflip on your head, backflip <laughs> on your head. How many backflips <laughs> on your head can you take, uh, you know, before you get a, a, a 10 out of 10? Yeah. Well... Uh, yeah, the poison Rana, big bump, doesn't get the doesn't get the win though. So they both climb up the cage. Uh, Bronson hits the other top rope power bomb. Uh, yeah. Anyways, they're both climbing the cage again later on. Johnny gets knocked down. He tries to crawl over to the door, but then Bronson just jumps off, hits a big splash, slams the door shut, and then he climbs to the top rope. And from there, he hits the tsunami, gets a three cap. So, new North American champion, Bronson Reed. Brand new, baby. It seems like, yeah, Johnny Gargano has been Mr. North America. (laughs) Uh, And by doing so, you know, there is a point where, you know, you win, you lose, you win, you lose, and then you're going to lose it again. And Johnny Gargano has been great at putting other guys over. Um, Him and Candice LeRae are really turning into mom and dad down there yeah. on NXT. <laughs> uh, a huge win, not only for Bronson Reed, but for the country of Australia. Yeah. No, he was uh, well, he was very, I very guess the, emotional. The second, the third, uh, the second Australian champion in WWE, because I believe Ray Ripley's from New Zealand. Yeah, who always, they don't like it when you They don't like them. it when you call the other one the other one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it makes sense, but um, but yeah, congratulations to Bronson Reed. Uh, huge work he's put in the past year. Ever since that five, there was the fatal five way ladder match. Yeah, no, he's been on a roll. He's been on a roll. Big celebration. Lots of pyro. He got the pyro. He got the zoom out. Yeah, he uh, breaks down some tears. Look at me go. Well deserved. Well deserved win for a good guy. A Very good much guy. So. Big like old boy. Yeah. And that was the Birdman brand. <laughs> the Birdman brand. That is exactly right. Well, let's move ourselves across to the other side of the brand, of course, or the other side of uh, the wrestling world. The only, uh, or the only wrestling show that we kind of cover on 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 our podcast that doesn't funnel cash directly to Vince McMahon, um, because of <laughs> course we are talking about All Elite Wrestling Dynamite AEW. All Elite, they coming for you, Vince. Better watch out. It's too sweet. And I mean, Mike, I say that right now because, you know, I mean, form, uh, pre- previously, we just kind of will open up the section by saying AEW. Hey, it's AEW. It's just AEW. That's what it is. You know, versus yeah. the other shows where we have to say, we can't just say it's WWE because that could mean any number of things. Mm-hmm. Well, it actually just came out just before um, Dynamite even aired earlier on in the day that, well, we'll be having to call to or be having to specify which uh, which AEW show we're talking about because in 2022, huge news coming out of All Elite Wrestling. Um, not only is the show moving over to TBS 
from TNT, uh, but they are actually also getting a second show that we'll be calling AEW Rampage, which will debut um, this, like, this uh, year? Summertime, I think. Summertime this year, but then 2022 moving over officially. That'll debut in the summertime. It's happening 10 p.m. on Friday night. What a cool time slot. Right after SmackDown. Right after SmackDown, baby. Uh, the deal also happened um, while AEW will be getting four additional pay-per-views or larger shows. Yeah, special um, events. Special events, sort of like they kind of called it. Who knows what it could end up actually fest, being. The fighter fest, beach break type thing. Maybe guess, something that'll official. That'll make them more special. However, that would yeah. mean upping ourselves from four of these big events to eight of them every year. I think these these wouldn't be considered pay-per-views though. They would, they yeah, would these big like, events, whatever we're calling them. But yeah, uh, like but winter yes, is coming. But yeah, suddenly these things where you know before you know or kind of prior to now, you kind of we sort of build ourselves up to these once every few months pay-per-view or larger show. But now we have these other large shows. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, this is good news. Good news for AEW. Uh, I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad it's uh, a separate show, not a third hour to Dynamite. That's never. Well, I mean, that's the word. I mean, I think that that's the worst part about Monday Night Raw. Almost probably at all. I think that <laughs> has to be the root of the problems is that third hour. Why? Why does NXT do so well? Why does SmackDown do so well? Because it's simple. It's digestible. And I think doing the same here for Rampage uh, would be great, which would mean that there would be two network shows along with two YouTube shows, uh, which is crazy. And before anybody goes thinking, uh, you know, or what, whatever you're thinking, good or bad, uh, TBS and TNT are both owned under the same bracket of Warner Media. Of course, these are the same people who own HBO Max. They own AT&T. One of these things where, you know, one company owns it all. So it's not so yeah. much of falling out with one company, moving over to a different one, moving over to a network TBS, which does have more viewers than TNT has. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, that can only mean popularity. Yeah. Put it on I a, mean, uh, put, add a second show and put it on a bigger network. It is uh, the time slot's a bit of a, a gamble. We'll see. Friday at 10 p.m. There's a lot of things going on in the world. Yeah, but you know, but it, but it's certainly anticipating a touring type schedule. Uh, also, um, it's like when you go if you're going out to uh, if you're going out to see a stand-up comedian. You know, those shows don't even start until 10:30 at night. Get a couple drinks in you. You know, you're ready to laugh, ready to go. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Because people. That's what I mean. So they're going to be out watching the comedian instead of watching the show on TV. Oh no, no. Oh well. Oh, I was more thinking for the touring schedule. You know, I mean, of course, oh, yeah, if AEW starts at 10 p.m. Great, that's two extra hours for us to drink at home before we go watch it. Well, uh, it'll be, I, it'll be... I imagine, I imagine this will be one hour taped on the same night as Dynamite, and they'll just air it. Okay, yeah, I'm very curious. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll. But yeah, that's we'd have no idea. That's just be guess. See, which is funny because I just assumed it would be a fresh, a hot live show. But I guess it could be, yeah, it could be any of these things. Could be. But, which is very exciting news for the entire All Elite Wrestling family. But, of course, let's get into uh, the weekly show because uh, the, the march continues to double or nothing. That's happening uh, two weekends from now. So not this weekend. We have on May 30th. 
but this really seemed to be an episode devoted to tag team wrestling, like most of these uh, Di- Dynamites kind of end up being. We actually kick off this week's match, uh, you know, because I think last week Christian Cage officially uh, accepted an open challenge to Matt Seidel. Remember, he's the one who wears pants and he has a full head of hair. <laughs> um, so these two are taking each other um, on in a hot opener. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, you can call it hot. It was. It was warm. It was okay. <laughs> I don't know. It was all right. Nothing too crazy mm-hmm. for me. I guess at one point Christian borrows a page out of Edge's book. Hits a spear. Uh, that only gets a two count. So he hits the kill switch after that finishes the job. And Christian improves to three and zero in AEW. 3-0 and uh, after that. So I think Taz was on commentary this whole time. So, of course, if Taz is on commentary, you know that means someone's going to walk out down to the ring. I think after the match, Ricky Starks <laughs> comes out, says all like, hey, I'm, uh, I'm Ricky Starks. And then Brian Cage, Hobbs, Hook, they all come out and uh, and end up attacking everyone kind of, kind of from behind. Hangman Page comes and makes the save. I think at one point the Dark Order maybe runs out and makes yeah. an extended save. Uh, you know, just, just, just dudes, just men saving each other, which is something I love to see. If I was back there as a baby face and I saw something shady going down in the ring, I'm marching down there to help him out. Because, of course, we do have Adam Hangman Page and Brian Cage, which is difficult to say, uh, taking each other on at Double or Nothing. Next up, come down to the ring, I guess. Uh, maybe there was a segment in between? Uh, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Oh. But uh, do we have John Moxley, William Eddie Kingston, taking on... The Acclaimed. The Acclaimed came back in what seems like years ago. And they were. it felt like they were going to be pushed to the top, but uh, they sort of cooled down and sort of had that extended dark run. But now they're here yeah. uh, up on the main roster. Yeah, I mean, they are the number three ranked team. Uh, but Mox and Kingston are all the way up to number four ranked now. So, hey, good for them. But, yeah, the match itself, or I guess even before the match, Caster had a good line in his rap about John Moxley's wife wanting him for some oral sessions. The name of her podcast. Name of her podcast. Check out this week's episode with Shinsuke Nakamura. (laughs) Yeah. Saw a couple of fun quotes from there. It's a good show. Uh, I think out of all the, uh, you know, because sometimes I can't listen to Chris Jericho for 30 minutes straight. No. Uh, But Renee, it feels so fun. (laughs) Yeah. She's, uh, yeah, she's a good person. (laughs) Uh, but anyways, the match was solid, you know, not as much, uh, high flying as we'll see in some of the other teams, but, uh, that's fine. Bunch of cool double team maneuvers and, you know, acclaimed, they try to sneak in the weapons, but, uh, Moxley ends up getting a hold of the boom box, nails caster with it, and then Mox and Eddie follow up with this wheelbarrow paradigm shift to get the win. Yeah, a little uh, hold up. I like Eddie Kingston just this thing where he just kind of like puts up his hands, like they're giving up into the paradigm yeah. shift. <laughs> Moxley's still walking down to the ring to a wild thing, which is pretty fun. Yeah, so I guess they're going to stick with it. That's his new entrance. Of course. So, yeah, you know what that means. We do have, uh, I, I think if it's not set in stone, it will be soon. But, yeah, Moxley and Kingston are on a freight train heading towards the Young Bucks at Double or Nothing. Yeah, yeah, the match has yeah. yet to be officially announced, but it we certainly as hell know. feels like that's what's going to be happening. Yeah, they win two more matches on Dark and Dynamite, and then the rank number one. Boom. 
But then we go back to Tony Schiavone in the ring to interview Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page. They just talk about Sting. They insult him and Darby. So Sting comes out. Darby comes in with the skateboard. Everyone brawls. Uh, Sting applies a scorpion death lock. And then the baby faces stand tall. Baby faces stand tall. Um, it, it really feels like this is on a repeat path to exactly where the Team Taz business was, right? We have yeah. two uh, two heels. Uh, what, whatever, what's the name of the other guy? Uh, Page, Ethan Page. I thought his promo was fucking bomb this week. Yeah. And he was fighting through, all, and I almost forgot this over the past year, he was fighting through a lot of crowd jeering the whole time. He was fighting through a lot of boos, a lot of what's. And uh, which almost I forgot what that even sounded like, but he got through it in, you know, possibly his biggest, you know, kind of promo here. But yeah, very much so just feels like exactly what we did with Darby and Sting before. Yeah, I think they did announce that they will have a tag match. Tag uh, match? An in-ring, so Sting will be in the ring. His in-ring debut. Yeah, no tricks, no pre-tape. So we'll see that. Uh, but then we go to this uh, fancy restaurant where the Pinnacle are all dining together. Uh, yeah, Wardlow chugs a bottle of wine. And they all just kind of go around the table cutting promos on Inner Circle and having to waste their time on them instead of chasing titles. And then Sean Spears attacks one of the waiters, gets mad at him. That was about it. And then, yeah, Tully, like, tossed him a stack of cash. This was great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this was a great kind of, like, uh, the cam- the way the camera panned around. MJF is one of the best, not only in AEW, I got to say, the business to be doing these uh, these promotions right now. Promotions, as you would call them. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it is. Uh, yeah, the pinnacle. Looking, looking like badass. Looking good. Uh, then we go to some women's action. We got Rebel taking on Hukaru Shida. And hey, look at that. Hukaru Shida's on television. Hukaru Shida, so much so I honestly forgot what the AEW Women's Championship looked like. <laughs> honestly. Well, she, yeah, it's, uh, nah, uh, they could redo it. They could redo the look of that belt a little bit. But uh, Shida's here to wrestle Reba. Uh, Baker's on the outside. So, Sheeta knows this, though. At one point in the match, she mocks Baker by pulling out a glove. She's ready to go for the lockjaw. So, Britt grabs the woman's title, jumps on the apron. This all causes a distraction for everyone, which allows Rebel to hit Sheeta in the back with a crutch. She follows up with a suplex, but only gets a two count. And then Sheeta fights back, hits a big knee breaker into a stretch muffler, and gets a submission win. Every single time, and every single time there is a uh, a crutch used in um in professional wrestling, you know whatever you call them. What are those? Is that what they're called? Crutches. Yeah. Every time yeah. it's just one crutch. <laughs> no matter who is the one swinging it, and no matter who's the one that accepts it, it explodes on impact right away. <laughs> like I've been on crutches. I've never tried to hit someone with one of them. But like, how do you trick a crutch to make it explode? Explode immediately every single time it works and this one uh was no different um you know sheeta beating rebel never in question the post-match breakdown never in question uh i would love to see fucking Britt baker win 
she looked weird kind of holding it to be honest i was like i was the way she was holding it, i was like oh i thought it was bigger i forgot well, it was I, so yeah. small i feel like they i feel like they built the aw women's championship looking at riho and yeah. they were like yeah that's proportionate and then kind of moved it over to somebody who's not like four foot eleven and they're like oh this thing's this thing's just like a belt yeah no i do think it needs to be a bit of a redesign, make it a bit bigger, maybe widen the plate a bit. Yeah, a little of, bit of a more redesign. Tall yeah. Yeah. Like the, the yeah. Yeah. It only, maybe Britt Baker will do that once she wins. Yeah, who knows? I mean, although it's only been here for a little while, re, a, a rebranding of the title could be um, yeah. exactly. I mean, we, we've had three versions of the TNT title, so why not? Two. Oh, well, yeah, I forgot the temporary version. version. <laughs> yeah, the silver word. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> um, uh, after the match, I think we're taken backstage to a little video from last week of uh, OC, Orange Cassidy. He's back there with the uh, medical professionals. He's getting iced up. And Kenny Omega, Don Callis come back, not as competitors, just as an EVP. You know, I mean, an executive vice president has to look after his talent. And just because Kenny Omega is the champion doesn't mean that he's exempt from that category. You know, he cares about Orange Cassidy, um, you know, not only as a performer for the company going forward, but his health in the present. And he suggests to Orange Cassidy, hey, just sign these standard boilerplate <laughs> legal documents um, by doing so, you know, you, um, you'll, you'll be forgoing your championship opportunity at Double or Nothing. Of course, the triple threat with Pac there uh, and Kenny. You know, you'll get a chance. You'll get an opportunity somewhere somewhere down the road. Yeah. Later time, you'll have your dream match. But uh, Orange Cassidy just picks up the contract and very slowly tears it up. Uh, but luckily, they have a backup, a duplicate. So they leave that with him and give him time to think about it. You ever time to think about it? Of course, he rips up the first one in very slow, the slowest possible rip up. Yeah. And Kenny and Don are hanging on until that page finishes ripping. <laughs> and then he kind of folds it up and he goes to rip it again. And Don Callis just throws in this really funny, whoop, you're doing it again, eh? <laughs> he just throws, <laughs> yeah. he says, A. Hey. There's this real, oh, okay, you're going to do that again. Okay. Um, yeah. So, you know, the uh, Cassidy, oh, Orange Cassidy silencing the overconfident Kenny Omega. Um, that's exactly it. You know, that's exactly it. This triple threat, it's not only glad to see the Orange Cassidy is alive and well, but a triple threat for the championship is something we haven't seen yet in AEW or from Kenny Omega, really, for that matter. So it'd be great to see how all three of these men, three of the most popular wrestlers on the planet, uh, going at it. Yeah, that's going to be a banger. Yeah. Uh, then we get the members of the inner circle. They come out to cut a promo and they kind of all just take their turns uh, dissing on the pinnacle and hyping up the stadium stampede match. Uh, yeah, that's nothing too specific stood out to me, but pretty standard. Um, Chris Jericho's big red eyes. Yep, Chris that's Jericho not- accepts the match, and he's saying, "I think he said uh, we're gonna dance on your face and piss on your grave." Yeah. There's a couple of bitches thrown in there. Which was throughout. the highlight. Uh, Dean Malenko was backstage there, too, also. Um, which, you know, yeah, does, like, Dean, uh, does, he, does he have, like, Parkinson's or something? He was kind of shaky. He, well, I, think he, I think he just looks like a 60-year-old man who's wrestled his whole life. I don't know if, you know. I, I, no, I, but he was, like... He was very shaky. Oh, okay. Stop moving. I don't. I know. Not I, that it matters. I, don't, I know. I, I don't think. I, I don't <laughs> think I noticed that. No, I hope he's doing well. Yeah. I mean, I know he's a backstage producer. 
uh, guy I, back there. Who knows? He could be the Fit Finley of AEW for all we know. I honestly thought he was still with WWE until I saw him. The I man of like, oh, 1,000 holds. Yeah. I forgot. I thought he was still working backstage at the the W. Nope, at the at the at the W Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, then we go to some women's action here. Serena Deep. We haven't seen in a while. Defending that NWA Women's Title against Red Velvet. Who, uh, yeah, both women here look pretty good. Deep especially though, very vicious. Uh, but yeah, Velvet hits a couple moves. Moon salt to the floor. Good back and forth. But uh, Serena works over Red Velvet's knees and locks in the Serenity until she taps out. So Deeb retains. Serena Deeb, one of my favorite names in professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, which I got to say, you know, I mean, I guess it was nice to see um, a second women's match, which lasted probably four times as long as the first women's match. Uh, So, you know, a little pluses right there, too. I think, you know, with the strength of... uh, with the strength of Britt Baker, kind of combined with uh, the NWA Women's Championship, maybe you know it'd be it'd be nice to get ourselves to a point where every week we have two women's matches. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then we go to Anthony Agogo is taking on Austin Gunn here, and you know Gunn gets a few shots in, but Agogo just gets a hold of him, hits it with a big gut punch. Uh, that just knocks Gunn down and. He- Crawls to the ropes. He pulls himself back up, but then he gets nailed with another gut punch. This time, uh, rupturing something internally. He just starts spitting up blood. Uh, So the ref wants to call the match, but he stops him. So a go-go just launches him into the air. Hits one more big punch to the head. And that's the TKO right there. That's the end of the match. Yeah, that seems to be... Just that one, that one punch is going to be the maneuver. Remember when Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman took on each other, and they was like that double <laughs> one punch countout. Yeah, it was so weird. Um, yeah, I mean the Agogo Roads rivalry feels pretty thoughtless. You know, we needed a um, well, of course Cody has to have a match at Double or Nothing. This guy looks the part. There's a slight legitimacy to him. Uh, I mean, who knows? These things have surprised us before. We've gone into pay-per-views thinking nothing and then end up getting something. So Yeah. No, I mean, after then he grabs the American flag and throws it at Cody. So they're doing the whole American villain thing. Yeah. I hate America. A classic uh, uh, national rivalry, America and Britain. Uh, if I, nothing is more, nothing is more, yeah, you know, 1776, that's how yeah. deep rooted, uh, the American Nightmare and, uh, Anthony Agogo have. Well, remember, he's bringing back the American Dream for this one night only. I know, I wasted opportunity. So he needs, so maybe that's why they're forcing this anti-America thing. Yeah, they're really, <laughs> if there's one country I know is cl- classically anti-America, it's England. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, then we get a promo backstage, just kind of Christopher Daniels saying goodbye to Kazarian, and then yeah, Kazarian cuts a passion promo on the elite and promises to hunt them down for causing the end of SCU. One by one, just yeah, taking them take all them out. Which yeah, it was kind of nice to get some more closure on that ending. You know, we said it was rushed last week, the end of SCU. So a little bit of follow up is nice here. Yeah. Uh, then the new TNT champ, 
who uh, are they going to call it the TBS title? Or are they going to keep it as TNT? So champion? my new thing is television champion. I think they're going to call it the <laughs> I mean, television could. champion. That's been. Uh, I mean, that's been. I uh, uh, WC- NWA WCW WWF. did it. I think either they're going to call it like the AWTV champion. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Because it is a nice looking belt. I would like to see you know as little kind of harm brought to it as possible. Yeah, I like it. But Just I mean, hell, change the hell center Mike, if you have a, a second little, show, a do we need a second mid-card? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but anyway. Is it going to the... be split up rosters similarly to Monday Night Raw and SmackDown? I don't think so. Personally, I think it'll just be a companion piece. Mm-hmm. Maybe the 10 p.m. time slot gets them. I mean, they already have a lot of blood and shit, but maybe they can do even more. Yes. Maybe drop some F-bombs. Woo! You know? <laughs> Uh, so Miro comes out with his shiny new belt and just kind of cuts a promo on beating Darby Allen and uh, his next opponent, which will be Lance Archer at Double or Nothing. So Mr. Archer himself comes out, gives his own little promo, and uh, yeah, we'll get that match in a couple weeks. In a couple weeks, a little, little powerhouse first powerhouse without Will Hobbs being involved at all. <laughs> Yeah, also, apparently next week's Dynamite is on a Friday? Yes, Friday Night Dynamite, I believe, to, uh, and they've done this before, to work around NBA playoffs. Yeah, which I think is another big uh, benefit of moving to TBS. They don't play the sports, they just play old uh, They And baseball, but that's like a daytime baseball. thing, <laughs> so yeah, no Braves. one cares. But also, uh, I think TNT is losing uh, ho- uh, hockey, NHL hockey. So uh, there, ah. there are some, and of course, you know, uh, Discovery Plus, Discovery recently acquired Warner Media. There's a whole bunch of media shuffling going on within that kind of subsidiaries. Uh, so who knows what we'll see? Who knows? The future is glowing. It's bright, yeah. Uh, but the main event. Features another uh, bright future superstars here as the Varsity Blondes are getting a big opportunity at those AEW World Tag Titles against the Young Bucks here. So, uh, yeah, just fun, fast-paced tag title match here. You know, lots of high-flying, big dives to the floor. Uh, Much different style than the Moxley Kingston. But both good, all good here. Uh, You know, the Young Bucks take time to show off their... These fancy uh, Jordans, which apparently people online are calling them out for being fakes. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, who's going to spend ten grand on a pair of shoes? And who who cares enough? Like, it's fiction. Yeah, I don't care. It's fiction. Yeah, I don't give a damn. It doesn't matter yeah. if they actually have Dior Jordans. The joke is they have Dior Jordans. Exactly. I don't give a damn. Uh, but, yeah, later on in the match, Matt gets a hold of that, that cold spray once again which is becoming like their new signature weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he ends up spraying poor Julia Hart. This, this poor woman, she gets sprayed in the face. And then soon after that, the Bucks hit this cool double team move I haven't seen from them before. It was like a sharpshooter, but then the other guy does a face buster at the same time. Great looking move. Good, A lot of good uh, combo moves this week. Yeah, the Bucks, their they're bag of tricks is endless. Yeah. Uh, Matt keeps that sharpshooter applied. And uh, Brian Pillman Jr. taps out, so the Bucks retain. But a good match. And then afterwards, Moxley and Kingston come running out. They beat the box up, and they apply sleeper holds on them, knock them out. And then Kingston, he's from Brooklyn, he's from the streets. So he takes the shoes right off of the Bucks' feet, 
those thousands of dollars shoes steals them. Wow. Thousands of dollars those cost. Yeah. And John Moxley, he's he doesn't care about vanity. He doesn't care about shoes. He's probably just going to burn them in a in a desert fire somewhere. Yeah. He's got a pair of combat boots that he's owned since 82. And- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Real combat boots. They were worn in combat. And then he sort of said, you know where boots, they kind of have a shelf life in that they're just not comfortable after a long time? No, not these. Yeah. They're still as comfy <laughs> as the day he ever got them. Yeah. And that was it. That was the episode of Dynamite. Uh, yeah, real. We're on the track to double or nothing. Getting real close there. Getting real close here to double or nothing. Really excited about everything that's going on over here at AEW, especially the future of the brand now that we have uh, this whole second show being added. Uh, but that was it. That was all of our weekly wrestling action. Let's get ourselves into the very, very final part of our show. We are talking about the Wrestler of the Week. It's the wrestler of the week, of the week. The wrestler of the week, of the week, of the week. The wrestler of the week, of the week, of the week. The wrestler of the week, of the week, of the week. The wrestler of the week. Big backlash pay-per-view for you here uh, a couple title wins all across the brands mike i'm throwing it over to you to kick this boy off well yeah we had some good matches across the shows uh some good moments some title wins uh you know a lot of times i give the edge to that first title the emotional moment but not doing it this week i'm sorry tamina no, because I was just, I don't know, as I talked about the match, I was just very impressed. I said it was his best match ever. So I'm giving it to Braun Strowman, of all people, this week. Braun Strowman, of all people. You know, Braun Strowman has won a surprising amount of Wrestler of the Weeks. Uh, really? Consider, you know, the amount of times that we have, yeah, been unimpressed with what he's done. Uh, sometimes, you know, what he does just just tickles us in that right way. Yeah, and I was tickled this week. Just a little, just a little bit tickled. Like <laughs> I'm going the other way with it. I'm going to stick on that same program though, uh, because sometimes it's not about a match that impresses me. Sometimes it's about congratulating something that you were owed. And there is a lot of victory and defeat, especially when you are a four-time most underrated wrestler observer winner. Of course, we are talking about Cesaro. You're my wrestler of the week. You know what? You took the big L on that one. However, you took a 30-minute main event to the most dominant performer on the planet right now. You got what you've been working for your whole life, and that's a fucking main event on a pay-per-view for the championship. Uh, that's what dreams are made of right there. You know, maybe next time we see um, Cesaro fighting for a championship belt, who knows? He could end up on the other side of the, uh, of, of the coin. Hey, who knows? That would be lovely to see. But until then, you're going to be the wrestler of the week this week. And thanks for listening to our podcast, folks. Putting all that time. Remember to rate, review, like, and subscribe because the podcast is everywhere. We have one more show before Double or Nothing uh, where we will kind of get into all of that action. Maybe a little bit of skewed, though, actually. I guess kind of our normal time slot. We wouldn't really fit in uh, the way with AEW's Friday show next week. So, uh, who Let's knows? The, ne- the next uh, next time we might talk about AEW might just be straight into the pay per view. Yeah, we'll see how that plays out. We'll see how. But uh, yeah, in the meantime, 
Enjoy your long weekend. Enjoy your long weekend, everyone. Stay safe out there. Wear your sunscreen. I'm an SBF 50 kind of guy. Uh, <laughs> so follow in my footsteps and stay safe out there. And Mike, we'll talk to you later. Go Leafs, go. Go Leafs, go, baby. Okay, bye. Woo.